informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Tuesday, December the 13th, 2022. On the feast day of St. Lucy, Virgin and Martyr. May she pray for us. Hey, the uh, Fauci deposition that took place last week, well, we got the transcripts of it last week. You know, he spent seven hours in that deposition. What did we learn? What is the connection between the Fauci deposition and the secret Twitter file releases that are ongoing right now? Well, we've invited Dr. Jose Tresancos from Children of God for Life to weigh in on that and give us some perspective. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. Here's another question. Since Russia's going gold and China's going yen, what does that mean for the future of our economy? If the, uh, you know, the oil standard is no longer on the dollar, are we in real trouble for 2023? We've invited Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation to be uh, weighing in on that at 15 past the hour. Do join us if you can. Hector Molina will be on at the top of the next hour to give us uh, the Sunday gospel to get us all ready for that. Hey, Joe Biden this week, you know, the uh, the Catholic, the president of the United States, he invited a uh, cross-dressing transgender singing person to come into the White House to celebrate the redefinition of marriage passed by Congress, namely the Republicans. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Uh, that's kind of disgusting all at the same time as it is weird. Hey, a prominent theologian, Monsignor Livio Malinov, the former head of the Rome-based John Paul II Institute on Marriage and Family, is warning that the Pontifical Academy for Life is proposing a radical paradigm shift which rejects the church's condemnation of contraception. So bad things happening there. Democrat mega donor FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried was arrested just hours before he had to testify before Congress. That's awfully convenient, I would say. Now he's not going to be testifying before Congress. Golly gee whiz. A Securities and Exchange Commission SEC Chairman Gary Gensler has uh, apparently scrubbed a lot of details with his meeting with George Soros from the public. I wonder why that would be. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. You don't scrub your, your public meetings? I mean, mm-hmm. who wants to know mm-hmm. what you talk about with George Soros? Uh, you know, I got, when I meet with a guy, okay, it's really me, him, and Klaus, uh, uh, like, yes. like, who really cares? Like, that would be boring. Like, who would want to know what I'm discussing with Klaus? I mean, the and, only way that I can Soros. get a meeting with mm-hmm. with Georgie is I have to tell Georgie? him straight up, straight up. I say, look, Georgie, mm-hmm. I want to talk to you, bud. It's been a long time. I uh-huh. promise I won't let anybody know what we talk about. I don't. I, don't I promise to... I won't talk about the depopulation stuff. Yeah. I, I promise. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't get to call oh, him Georgie. Uh, do you get to call him Georgie? Yeah, Georgie Borgie. Wow, I have to call him Mr. Soros, sir. Oh. <laughs> Fascinating. Wow. Yeah, we're on a first name basis. <laughs> telling, very, very telling. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's mm-hmm. good to be here. Mm-hmm. What does Mr. Soros, sir, get, uh, allow you to call him? I he, I don't talk to George Soros because um, uh-huh. I try not to associate with people who want me dead and, um, you know, just typically. But it's, just it's, typically. But it's free money. Yeah, it's free, but you pay for you with your soul. Yeah. So I, I try to avoid selling my soul to the devil. Yeah. That's uh, on a normal day, mm-hmm. nine out of 100 times, I avoid selling my soul to the devil. Yeah, mm. amen to that. Hey, I saw a story this morning, a 25-year-old uh, football 
player, played for, I think, Florida. He also played in Wisconsin. He went back to Massachusetts after college. 25, died of a heart attack, died suddenly while jogging. Like, they, that broke my heart mm. to read how many people are dying suddenly right now. I don't know if you've Googled that at all, died suddenly. A lot of people are dying suddenly at the moment. It's really, really sad. That guy, are you talking about the uh, the journalist at the soccer game? No, there were two of them, the ones oh, wow, that you're speaking one. of. Uh, they died within days of each other, I think within a day of each other, at the uh, Qatar football match. With soccer. soccer. Yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, yeah, wait a second. Number one sport about? on planet Earth. Uh, number two being F1 racing, by the way. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, true story. Yeah. Well, F1 racing is definitely more exciting than soccer. Uh, I don't know. Is it? Soccer's greatest sport on earth. <laughs> Think about it. Football. In, in soccer, you run back and forth. Yeah. In F1 racing, you drive in circles. Very, very fast. So yeah. I'm thinking Except F1 racing corners, is much, much more exciting. down around a corner. Why don't Ooh, they just do a straight right. line? Like, there's plenty of desert. They could just create one long road and just do, like, one, you know, 100-mile straight race that's drag why does why does it always but it's drag racing over 100 miles like why does it always have to involve turns i don't understand doesn't make sense to me more exciting Mm -hmm. yeah anyway we have a lot to get to today please do join us and share us with a friend we would be very very grateful to you uh let's pray in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, December the 13th, and here are your headlines this morning. This one's from Catholic News Agency. They say... Why the French bishops have launched the world's first canonical criminal court. The tribunal is designed to judge most offenses recognized by the church law, including crimes against the faith and those against the exercise of office, which also include financial crimes, such as well as certain crimes against life, dignity and human freedom, such as sexual assaults against adults. The lack of competent staff to investigate criminal cases at the diocesan level was also one of the main motivations for creating the tribunal. The most important desire of the CEF is to distance the handling of cases from the diocese where the acts were committed. The Hill reports Musk says Twitter character limit will increase to 4,000. Such a change would shift Twitter away from its micro-blocking format that led to the platform's rise allowing users to write tweets more than 14 times longer than the current limit. Currently, users wishing to write posts longer than the limit of 280 characters must create a thread and write their comments across multiple consecutive uh, tweets. Perhaps more discourse will follow after this decision. The Daily Wire reports religious hospitals are relieved from performing transgender surgeries, says the U.S. court. The Eighth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals unanimously affirmed a North Dakota lower court grant of permanent injunctive relief to block the mandate because the in, because intrusion upon Catholic plaintiffs of plaintiffs' exercise of religion is sufficient to show irreparable harm. The decision reflects a previous case in Texas last August where the Fifth Circuit Court permanently blocked the Biden administration's mandate that would force thousands of doctors affiliated with Christian medical associations to provide gender-confirming care to so-called transgender people. And Ground News reports supporters of Brazil's defeated Bolsonaro attacked police headquarters. 
Supporters of Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro on Monday attempted to invade the federal police headquarters in the capital of Brasilia in a flash of a post-election violence on the day the president's electoral defeat was certified. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Lucy. She was born about 283 of noble parents, very wealthy. Her father was of Roman origin but died when she was five years old, leaving Lucy and her mother without a protective guardian. Her mother's name, Eutychia, seems to indicate that she came from a Greek background. Lucy had consecrated her virginity to God and she hoped to distribute her dowry to the poor. However, her mother, not knowing of Lucy's promise and suffering from a bleeding disorder, feared for Lucy's future. So she arranged Lucy's marriage to a young man of a wealthy pagan family. St. Agatha had been martyred 52 years before during the Decian persecution. Her shrine at Catania, less than 50 miles from Syracuse, attracted a number of pilgrims. Many miracles were reported to have happened through her intercession. Her mother was persuaded to make a pilgrimage to Catania in hopes of a cure. While there, St. Agatha came to Lucy in a dream and told her that because of her faith, her mother would be cured, and that Lucy would be the glory of Syracuse, as she was of Catania. With her mother cured, Lucy took the opportunity to persuade her mother to allow her to distribute a great part of her riches among the poor. Eutychia suggested that the sum would make a good bequest, but Lucy countered, Whatever you give away at death for the Lord's sake, you give because you cannot take it with you. Give now to the true Savior while you are healthy, whatever you intended to give away at your death. News that the patrimony and jewels were being distributed came to Lucy's betrothed, who denounced her to Pascasius, the governor of Syracuse. He ordered her to be burned to burn a sacrifice to the emperor's image. When she refused, he sentenced her to be defiled in a brothel. The Christian tradition states that when the guards came to take her away, they could not move her, even when they hitched her to a team of oxen. Bundles of wood were then heaped upon her and set on fire, but would not burn. Finally, she met her death by the sword thrust into her throat. In some versions of the story, St. Lucy plucked out her eyes herself and gave them to her suitor. In other versions, her eyes were removed by her persecutors. But when her body was prepared for burial in the family mausoleum, it was discovered that her eyes had been miraculously restored. She died in 304, and the Feast of St. Lucy signifies the beginning of the Ember Days, where we fast and pray for vocations. That would be tomorrow, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. St. Lucy, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son replied, I will not. But afterwards, he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two sons did his father's will? They answered, The first. And Jesus said to them, 
Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadock's commentary was great today. He said, The ancient interpreters by the first son generally understand the Gentiles as also publicans and scandalous sinners, and by the second, the Jewish people. The Gentiles, who at the first did not, would not worship and serve God, yet afterwards they, as also publicans and many sinners, received the faith and being converted became faithful servants of God and saints. The Jews, or the greatest part of them, who pretend to be God's servants and his people, rejected the gospel and their messiahs. But these two sons are to be understood, says St. Chrysostom, the Gentiles and the Jewish people. The latter, our Redeemer, wishes to make sensible of their own great ingratitude and of the ready obedience of the cast-off Gentiles. For they, having never heard the law, nor promised obedience, have still shown their submission by their works, whereas the Jews, after promising to obey the voice of God, had neglected the performance. Close quote. Hadock's commentary. Father McEvely, writing in 1898, said, The man who did, in act, what his father commanded, obeyed, while the other, who promised obedience in word, but did not carry it out in act, disobeyed. Now, when you hear that, you should be thinking about faith alone. And the words of our Lord in Matthew 7, verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Faith alone is not going to get you where you got to go. You have to believe. And then your life, your actions, your will must be aligned with that faith. You can't have faith and not action. You can't have faith without works. You can't have works without faith. These two things go hand in glove. And we must believe and then act accordingly. Let that sink in today. Are you in the category that says, yeah, sure, whatever, but does not act accordingly? Or do you believe and then step out in faith and do the will of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? If not, today is your day to get started. Hey, we'll be right back. Joel Griffith is going to be on with us. Is Russia's gold standard and China's yen going to ruin us? We'll find out. It's coming up next. Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. So, an atheist can follow the natural moral law, but only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Dr. Jose Tresencos from Children of God for Life is going to be on. You, you might remember that story that came out last week, the uh, transcripts from the Fauci deposition. Seven hours he was deposed in a lawsuit. And we learned some things. And there's a lot of things that he punted on. We're going to have that conversation about why that matters, especially in connection to the Twitter files that are out there. I don't know if you caught Elon Trump's uh, a tweet. Was it yesterday? Elon Musk? My Yeah, Elon. What did I say? Elon Trump. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's uh, Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk said my, my preferred pronouns are prosecute and Fauci. Base. So we'll have that conversation coming up at 35 past hour. Do join us. If you can. Joining us right now by telephone is Joel Griffith, a research fellow in the Thomas A. Rowe Institute for Economic Policy Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Good morning to you, Mr. Griffith. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Praise be to God. We are alive and that counts. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, there's a couple of stories I would love to get your input on. Uh, number one, uh, we, we've been looking at this now going back, I think, to May Russia's going back gold standard seems to be influencing others around the world to go back to a gold standard. I've heard reports that governments all over the world are buying as much gold as they can get their hands on right now. And then recently, China has uh, really pressed uh, to purchase oil in the yen. Are these indicators of rougher days ahead for the U.S. economy? What say you, Mr. Griffith? Um, well, first on the Russia story, it's very interesting. What Russia is doing is their central bank is offering to buy gold with rubles, and they're offering to buy that gold at a discount to where gold is trading. So in this respect, it's not a true gold standard because you're not going to have the Russian central bank buying and selling gold. Mm. They're just going to be purchasing the gold. So they're getting a lot of press for this gold standard, but it's not really a gold standard. What this is going to allow Russia to do is – pick up gold and mass and accumulate it at a discount to the market value. And you, of course, we have to ask the question, well, why would individuals sell gold at a discount to the Kremlin? Well, you have a lot of uh, individuals who would like to mask their holdings and mask these transactions, and they're going to be willing to take a haircut on the value of their gold in order to get, uh, in order to, to, to transfer the bullion off of their hands. So I believe this is going to actually aid some illicit uh, transactions. That's what they're after here. Uh, so that, that's where we're at with, with Russia. Sadly, I do not envision uh, developed countries or even developing countries across the world returning to any type of a gold standard. And that's for the simple purpose that fiat currency, currency that is just printed at will by the central banks, this allows governments, including our own, to spend money at will to grow the size of government without, without imposing a tax on the populace. Um, now, of course, you end up with inflation, which is a hidden tax, but politicians know they can get away with inflation usually because they can blame the rising prices on businesses, 
on the weather, on a host of other occurrences, rather than acknowledge that they've created the problem by actually printing the money. And that's exactly what we've seen happen in our country over the past two years. We had our Federal Reserve print over $6 trillion, increase the money supply by close to $15 trillion. And we've seen, of course, our cost of living increase by more than 20% the last few years as a direct result of the money printing. Governments are very reluctant to give up the power of the printing press. And sadly, I do not see in the foreseeable Mm. future in our lifetime countries moving off of that um, moving off of fiat currency well i don't know they may be giving up the printer because they're trying to roll out a digital currency which means they don't have to print anything anymore they could just click a mouse and control these things that's right they'll have a digital printer um, which can be just as dangerous if not more dangerous than an actual physical printing press in fact over the last years in our country the vast majority of the increase in the money supply has been exactly as you said digitally printed now the the digital dollar that you mentioned that's even more dangerous than what we see now because the digital dollar gives the government, gives the central bank even more control because they can direct where that dollar will be spent because it'll be, it can be fully tracked. You can actually issue a digital dollar and uh, erode a certain percentage of the value of that dollar, of the holdings, each and every month as an incentive for people to spend more. And you could penalize people based on where they are spending that money. For instance, let's say we decide climate change is an emergency. Well, you could go ahead and ping people's social credit scores based on where they're spending those digital dollars because it can be fully tracked. Uh, I know this sounds very dystopian, but the bottom line is China is already implementing um, basically a digital wand in test markets, experimenting with many um, of these uh, control factors. Let me just tell you uh, what my hope was with this whole situation. I was kind of hoping that this would cause an incentive to get America back on the gold standard. And so my question is, is there any any kind of, I want to say hope, or any kind of uh, looking at America, how America re- will react to this? Um, well, they like said, sadly, um, this so-called gold standard in Russia is not going to be an actual gold standard. They are not buying and selling gold with rubles. They are buying gold at a discount really as an incentive for people um, who want to hide their um, hide that wealth as an incentive for them to cash in the gold at a discount. Here in this country, uh, I'm glad that folks like you and, and myself have been talking about the need to rein in the power of the Federal Reserve. And I hope that we can, at the very least, maybe with the next um, president, rein in the power of the Fed uh, to willy-nilly print money and buy up different assets. But look, under both Republican and Democrat administration, for many decades now, since the founding of the Federal Reserve in 1913, we have seen Republicans and Democrats very willfully tapping into the power of the Fed to print money in order to finance government operations. Um, And because politicians realize that it's far more politically difficult to raise taxes to cover spending, or to simply cut spending to balance the budget. It's far easier to just rely on the Fed to print the cash and hope people don't realize that the increase in their cost of living is due to printing the money. It's a lot of power to give up. And no, I am not hopeful um, that we will be returning to a gold standard um, anytime soon. But I am hopeful that maybe at the very least that this sky-high inflation people have experienced over the last two years, people are actually talking about this. For the first time that I can remember, many people are talking about it, and I hope that possibly Congress will at least rein in the power of the Fed to, to create such copious amounts of 
of dollars. Let's go back to Russia here. Recently, a group of seven nations imposed a cap on the price of Russian oil, basically dictating to Russia what they're going to pay, and they're hoping to, uh, you know, uh, get it get it on the cheap here. How has this affected the future of our economy? Uh, what has been Russia's response to that? Well, I know that the intentions of putting or trying to put a price cap on Russian oil, the intentions are to dry up revenue to Russia because Russia, of course, is, is fighting just an immoral war against their neighbor, Ukraine. However, in reality, um, it's not likely this price cap um, will work. Um, and that's because um, oil is a, it's a global uh, commodity. And you see uh, Russia um, not able or, or potentially not able to sell the oil at the levels they'd want to in Europe. But guess what? There are many other markets for that oil. Most notably, you have Iran, India, China, all of which, uh, for the most part, are not going along with this price cap. So what they can't sell to Europe, well, Russia is going to be turning elsewhere mm. to sell that oil. And um, I'm uh, afraid that what we're going to end up seeing um, is uh, parts, parts of Europe uh, end up uh, in uh, yet another energy crisis this winter, especially with the uh, upcoming yeah. cold snaps where people are going to experience rolling blackouts or even worse, extended periods of no power. So not only have we crushed our own oil production in this country uh, and also spent our strategic oil reserves, but now we've just made our own situation a lot worse because Russia is going to sell at a premium to those nations that are willing to pay for it. Will those nations be paying in the American dollar, or will they be paying in rubles, gold? How will they pay? Uh, well, we see a move right now underway to start transacting more of the oil trade in currencies other than the dollar, most notably uh, the Chinese yuan. China is making a big move um, to start purchasing oil in yuan. And you know what, what that will um, possibly do is actually diminish the value of the U.S. dollar. There will be less demand for dollars. But this is also, uh, I believe, an attempt um, for, for bad actors to actually circumvent some of the financial um, um, infrastructure that we have in place, infrastructure that allows us, because so many, because the dollar is the global currency of sorts for trade, um, that allows us to actually accomplish our, some of our national security objectives by restricting the flow of that dollar between certain countries or for certain transactions. That allows us to accomplish some of our foreign or national security aims without actually relying on our military and risking uh, the lives of our service members. Um, as you see, more countries resort to alternative currencies for these transactions. Uh, there is the threat that more nations, more businesses will be able to circumvent um, sanction measures, for instance, that we and our allies across Europe put into effect against bad actors such as Russia. So we're a couple of minutes left here uh, with Joel Griffith from the Heritage Foundation. Joel, what's 2023 look like for the average American? Uh, are we going to be seeing an increase in inflation on a significant level? Uh, well, inflation is very likely to continue. Inflation being just the, the simple rise in the cost of goods and services. And even if we see some of that inflation, the rate of inflation temper compared to where it was over the past year. Remember, this past year, I don't need to remind everyone, we saw the, the highest uh, inflation rates in more than 40 years with inflation of nearly 9% year over year. That may come down slightly as the total money supply is beginning to shrink. The Federal Reserve has increased interest rates. 
but is likely to remain far above what we grew accustomed to over the past 20 and 30 years. And even just as significantly, our economic growth has already slowed down. We had two negative quarters in 2022. The economy actually shrank. And despite all of these positive headlines about jobs being created that the Biden administration loves to brag about, we have actually seen the total number of full-time jobs decline over the next over the last six months in fact we've seen close to three thousand full-time jobs each and every day disappear for six months and so when you see that top line jobs number and you contrast that to the opportunities that in your own life that you know are shrinking up well that jobs growth is due to many people taking on multiple part-time jobs because they can't find full-time work Hmm. or taking on additional part-time jobs just to make ends meet so i think we're going to see a continuation of a softening of economic um, uh, opportunities for families. And look, and even if inflation, even if the rate comes down somewhat, that, of course, does not make up for the fact that over the last two years, American families have seen a real decline in income of close to $6,000 annually. And even if inflation were were to come back to normal levels, that $6,000 annual income gap, that remains in place. So that pain is going to continue. Wow. And we're still avoiding the uh, recession term? We're not allowed to say that still? (laughs) <laughs> you know, pretty much every time over the past several decades that we saw two quarters of negative economic growth, a recession has been officially declared by the very small group of around a dozen economists to make that determination. Whether or not they want to admit it or not, American families are feeling the pain of the recession. Amen. Joel Griffith, a research fellow in the Thomas A. Rowe Institute for Economic Policy Studies at the Heritage Foundation. God bless you. God love you. Thanks for your insight today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me this morning. All right, don't go anywhere. Coming up after the break, more breaking news and headlines for you. But then Dr. Jose Tresancos from Children of God for Life's going to weigh in on the Fauci deposition. All that and more coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most people think that rules apply to others but not to themselves? They always consider themselves to be the exception. But what ends up happening is that everybody is an exception, and so the rules don't apply to anybody. The result is something worse than chaos. It's a loss of all the categories of respect and justice. G.K. Chesterton says that when the exception has become the rule, that is the worst of all possible tyrannies. When the Cardinal, formerly known as Ratzinger, gave his final homily before the papal conclave, he said, We are living under the tyranny of relativism. What is relativism? It's when there are no rules, only exceptions. The man about to become Pope was echoing Chesterton exactly. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, here's a couple more headlines for you. The Daily Signal reports, DOJ official admits targeting pro-lifers is response to overturn of Roe. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta delivered the remarks at the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division 65th anniversary earlier this month. 
She described the overturn of Roe v. Wade as a devastating blow to women throughout the country that took away the, quote, constitutional right to an abortion and increased the urgency of the DOJ's work, including the, quote, enforcement of the FACE Act to ensure continued lawful access to reproductive services, unquote. Catholic Vote Loop reports Virginia educators indicted over cover-up. You might remember the story of a, a young boy who was wearing a skirt and uh, raped another girl at school. Two top officials of the Lugin County School District in Northern Virginia were indicted on Monday for their roles in the handling of a bathroom rape by a skirt-wearing boy. Former Superintendent Scott Ziegler, who was fired last week, was indicted on three misdemeanor counts of false publication, conflict of interest, prohibited conduct, and penalizing an employee for a court appearance. Spokesman Wade Bard was indicted on a felony charge of perjury. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us now via Zoom chat is our good friend, Dr. Jose Trisanko, as president of the board and chief executive officer of Children of God for Life, C-O-G-F-O-R-L-I-F-E dot org. Good morning to you, Dr. Trisankos. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, glad you're here. Thanks for being on. Last week, uh, we we received, I think it was early last week, we received the transcripts of the Fauci deposition. He was being sued or he was a part of a lawsuit. And so they deposed him for seven hours, which is a pretty long time. And a lot of people wondering, well, what did he say behind closed doors? Well, we have those transcripts now. We've been able to go through them and we've learned some things. And then there's some things where he punted a lot on. Maybe can you give us your thoughts on what that uh, de- that deposition did reveal to us? Well, um, uh, I read most of the deposition, and uh, uh, after the first few pages, uh, I did a word search on the phrase, I don't recall, and the count came up 194. Uh, I don't know if that's precise or not, but, uh, you know, that seemed to be a recurring theme throughout the entire deposition. Uh, uh, Dr. Fauci, in a position of great influence and, and authority, uh, seemed not to be directly, in, uh, at least based on his recollection, uh, he didn't seem to be directly involved in a great many things. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I thought the tone that he set was uh, was was rather interesting. That you know, from a legal standpoint, that might yeah. be the equivalent of uh, of uh, uh, a rope dope. Yeah, <laughs> it felt uh, that way. Uh, I was just trying to think about uh, that famous uh, figure of speech, the bucks, the buck stops here. And uh, it seems like with people like Fauci or even uh, the, the former Twitter boss, uh, he, the bucks never stop there. It's like people under them do whatever they're going to do, whether it's illegal or otherwise. And the leaders, they just get a pass because they don't recall. Um, and, you know, and that just can't be. I mean, I've, I've, I've had executive roles in the past, and it was always my responsibility to know every uh, what was going on in my organization. I don't know or I don't recall was never acceptable. So a couple of things that I thought were very interesting from the transcripts. One, he apparently had communications with Zuckerberg in February of 2020 about vaccines before the vaccine was even a real push, it, I don't think that started till April. Isn't that correct? Um, yeah, that's correct. Uh, they, the, the chronology of this is very interesting. It seems like there was a lot of preparatory work in government response to the pandemic. 
um, uh, Clifford Lane went to China um, and met with some people and saw some things and then came back and based on his word, um, the decision was made by, by whom Fauci does not tell us, um, but the decision was made to implement the lockdowns. Uh, and, you know, and we see the profound effects it's had on society and the economy of the nation, the economy of the world as a whole, just based on, um, uh, you know, frankly, anecdotal evidence. You know, Doc, uh, the, the very fact that we're having this conversation to begin with is, is interesting to me because for a very long time, it was it was a, a very taboo subject. You weren't even allowed to to have this conversation at all. Do you think that uh, this deposition is just sort of theater, or do you expect something to to come out of this? It, it, will there be any justice done because of what happened over the past two years of all the, the 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 handling of this situation here? Um, uh, it, that that's an interesting question. I think this deposition um, uh, will be valuable to the plaintiffs in this case. Um, because there is a great deal of information in the public domain that doesn't agree with uh, Dr. Fauci's answers in the deposition. Um, uh, you know, he spent a great deal of time saying that he was a very, very busy man. Um, he lives on the rubber chicken circuit. Uh, he meets a lot of people. He doesn't really know them. Um, uh, I may have read a paper by him or something, uh, it, it, you know, a, a great many non-committal answers to things that um, are knowable differently in the public domain. Uh, his relationship with um, uh, Peter Daszak um, and Dr. Ralph Barrick, uh, those relationships are well known. And if you read the transcript, um, he described them as kind of passing acquaintances and professionals that, you know, he may have read a paper authored by them at some point in time or another. Uh, and, and, you know, if not misleading, um, uh, it's outright false. You know, one of the other things I thought was very so, interesting was that uh, gain of function, I thought, was not allowed by the United States. We, we would not do gain of function research. We would not fund it. We would not be a part of it. Turns out from the deposition that there are exceptions. They're, they are allowed to make certain exceptions to that and actually participate in gain of function, although he doesn't seem to remember when and where he might have approved such exceptions. Right. And, you know, and that that's part of the, uh, the you know, that's part of the nature of, of his approach to the deposition. But the moratorium on gain of function research goes back to, I believe it's 2014. Um, and that gain of function research was going on by, you know, just kind of the common definition. Uh, I, I don't think that's arguable. Uh, and again, this is a situation where in the public domain, there's information that points to the contrary. The um, uh, there, there's, a, there's a specific sequence of 30 nucleotides in the subunit proteins of the SARS-CoV-2 virus um, that, that are almost certainly engineered. Uh, evolutionary, uh, evolutionary virologists have looked at it and, um, uh, you know, an application of, of, of common biostatistical methods says that a natural evolution of the presence of those nucleotides at the fur and cleavage site. And I'm sorry if I'm being too technical, but the, the, the key here is to understand the probability of this happening in nature. And the probability of this happening in nature is a remarkably small number. It's uh, something along the lines of 3.1 times 10 to the negative 11th. Wow. Um, 
that's uh, that's uh, that's basically impossible. Wow. And, uh, so it, yeah, and know, yet, like we said, we're not able to talk it, about this. Where we are, oh, we are not allowed. We were censored if we should question whether or not this. Uh, and he himself denied whether or not he had he had the expertise to make such decisions as to whether or not it was lab leak or natural. And yet, repeatedly on national coverage uh, news, he was saying that it wasn't a lab leak. He he doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on that argument many, many times. And not only that, but um, efforts were made, specific efforts were made to um, uh, denigrate, besmirch, and, um, you know, just kind of impugn the credibility of scientists, you know, credentialed scientists that spoke differently. Uh, the, uh, the issue around the Great Barrington Declaration uh, was, was interesting to me in terms of what I had heard about it before and what about, and what about um what was disclosed in the transcript from Dr. Fauci's answers. You know, his answers were again, well, yeah, I knew something about the Great Barrington Declaration. I didn't quite know what it was. Um, and we may have talked about it now and then, um, but we had other more important things to do. And then an, uh, then an email emerges um, and he's on the distribution list. I believe he was actually the addressee um, uh, where you know, something to the effect of we need to we need to have a devastating takedown of this thing. And this thing referred to the Great Barrington Declaration. Uh, and that was authored by three um, uh, supremely credentialed um, scientists in the field, uh, one from Stanford, one from Harvard, one from uh, Oxford. And, uh, you know, these, these three scientists uh, had a very bumpy road ahead of them for the next couple of years because they, from their perspective, spoke the truth. And much of what's in the Great Barrington Declaration is nothing but classical um, uh, virology. Uh, just kind of, this is what you do when an infection is running rampant in, in, in a population. Uh, and, you know, the gist of it was you, you, you focus your therapeutic response on at-risk populations and you allow the non-at-risk populations to become infected and thus develop herd immunity. Uh, that's, the, you know, that's not, that's not radical stuff. That's the way the world worked until 2020. Hold that thought. We're talking with Dr. Jose Tresenko's Children of God for Life about the deposition from uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Coming up after the break, I want to ask a few more questions, follow-ups, but this connection between Fauci and big tech censorship, I think needs to be looked at a little more carefully. All that and more is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has an on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. Me to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Coming up at the top of the next hour, if you can join us, we're going to be getting you ready for the Sunday Gospel, Matthew 1, 18 through 24. So join us if you can. Share us with a friend. We would be grateful. But Dr. Jose Trasankos is our guest president of Children of God for Life, Chief Executive Officer, COGFORLife.org. That's COGFORLife.org. Welcome back to the program. Dr. Trisankos, there were several things in the depositions that I just found so incredible. Number one, we have some of his communications about uh, masks and sort of his duplicity on the masks. He says one thing, does one thing publicly, but behind the scenes, he tells all of his friends, "Ah, it doesn't matter. It's not going to make any difference. And then, but it was really the connection to the social media giants that I thought was the most telling. One was the one that I mentioned in the last segment about his interaction with Zuckerberg, whom he is on a first-name basis with. Let that sink in. Uh, but it was like sort of the the interaction that they were like asking him, say, hey, do you – by the way, Dr. Fauci, do you know anybody uh, at uh, Big Tech in, in, in the social media space? Uh, what do you mean by that? Like associates? Like uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not on those platforms. I have no. Oh yeah. Well, me and the Zuck are besties. Like we're, we're we're hanging out all the time. And then you know, then we come to learn his daughter worked for Twitter. Like I did. Anybody know that? Was anybody aware that Dr. Fauci had a daughter who worked for Twitter? Which now that we know, thanks to Elon Musk was in cahoots with the federal government, and they had a back-end portal that they could just go and censor, lock down, shut out people, irregardless of whether they break the actual policies. They just shut them off, and they have a whole list of things you're not allowed to talk about. So did his daughter have anything to do with any of that? We don't know. We That was a follow-up question we can't ask now. What say you? Oh, I, I, you know, I hope that we learn more about the nature of that, that relationship, because this... Um, uh, you know, this government activity, as it relates to the public square, I think is is potentially the most dangerous outcome of of the last three years in the pandemic management. Uh, it, not not only was uh, public dialogue controlled, uh, but scientific dialogue was controlled as well. You know, going back to what we were talking about with the Great Barrington Declaration, um, you had you had eminently credentialed scientists stifled, muffled. Um, uh, marginalized and shoved to the sidelines, saying what you're, what basically what you're talking about, guys, is hackery, and um, it, you know that is that truly is unprecedented in academic circles, and that's a very very dangerous thing from a public health standpoint. In addition, um, 
you know, attempts to control the public discourse are very, very concerning. I mean, we should all be very, very concerned about this sort of thing because we've been, um, let's, let's cut to the chase. We've been manipulated. Yeah, it really feels that way. Um, you know, another thing we're not allowed to talk about is how many people all of a sudden are dying for unexplicable reasons, apparently. I think it was the Funeral Home Association who reported a major increase in sudden unexplainable deaths this year as opposed to 2019 even. So they were trying to find data to compare to before the pandemic. Uh, there is a, a documentary film called Sudden D- Died Suddenly on Rumble. It's got almost 14 million views on it right now. And we're not allowed to have this conversation. It's not being covered at all in mainstream media. Uh, there was a report out this morning, a 25-year-old in f- great physical condition, played football in college, died suddenly of a heart attack. Do 25-year-olds have heart attacks suddenly? I mean, these are conversations that uh, mature adults should be able to have but aren't anymore. And Dr. Fauci seems to be at the center of controlling that narrative. Right. And and the response to that narrative is there's nothing to see here. Move along. Uh, the, the question should be taken uh, should be taken very seriously. And historically, I think we would have seen some, you know, some sort of um, uh, uh, effort brought to bear on these sorts of things. Um, not only cardiac events, but you have young people succumbing to strokes. Uh, and and strokes are things that emerge later in life, not in some, not among people that are in their twenties and otherwise fit and healthy. So there there are things going on right now that are very concerning, and um, they, I don't I, I don't get the I don't get any comfort that anyone is paying attention to this. Frankly, the effort seems to be focused on on sweeping this under the rug. Um, and, and I'm not saying I believe one or the other. I'm saying the question itself is valid and requires attention. Yeah, absolutely. Doc, you know, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting right before the break, you were talking about the, the vaccine, the nucleotides inside of the vaccine. One of the, the points that was uh, brought up in this documentary, uh, died suddenly. It was that, uh, nobody really asked the question. I think it was Stephen Kirsch who brings this up. He says, nobody really asked the question, what's inside of these vaccines, and then they they sort of uh, bring in this example of of the material safety data sheets that are usually inside of these vaccine packets. And they mention that, you know, if you compare it from any other vaccine, you get a data sheet and it has all the information on it. Whereas with the COVID vaccine, you open it up and it's left intentionally blank. And I'm just curious, you know, to get your take as to why that is. Um, I'm not sure precisely why the uh, the package insert for those vaccines is a very large blank piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, if you, if you grab another vaccine or another medication, uh, whether it's prescription or over the counter, you take a look at the package insert. Um, it's several pages of incredibly small font. Lots of information on there that for the most part, people you know just don't read. But here's the thing. Um, I, I believe it's against the law, um, or, or, or certainly not. You know, there's nothing compelling anyone to do otherwise to disclose specifically what the ingredients in these vaccines are, and that's never happened before. Hmm. Um, so the question begged is why? Yeah, what would stop uh, them if it's so exactly. good? You know, these, you know, the, the, and specifically the mRNA vaccines, they, you know, they've been presented as these modern day medical miracles that are going to save us all. Um, 
And, you know, and I, I encourage people and I'm not a clinician, um, you know, that's that's not my background, but I am pretty good at solving problems. Um, but I do encourage people, you know, it's this famous quote by Winston Churchill. No, yeah, uh, uh, no matter how beautiful the strategy, you must occasionally look at the results. <laughs> uh, and, and this is this is a this is a perfect situation to apply that sort of approach because we take a look at what's happened over the past three years and what we have is a response that's been inadequate. We have a leaky vaccine that's that's helped drive mutation in the virus. Um, you know, if these things truly were safe and effective, we wouldn't be having these conversations. So on its face, um, uh, you know, it's a strategy that needs to be revisited. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a thinking person would take a look at the last three years going, um, you know, we we went down the wrong path. We, I think we need to reexamine this stuff from, from from the ground up. And there's no yeah. one saying that. At what point do we learn from our mistakes and our lessons? Right. Uh, but also how many families, how many Catholics have been impacted by all of this madness, uh, their jobs being threatened, people losing their jobs? Uh, just yesterday I saw on uh, a Catholic social media site. A woman asking for help because her husband's trying to get a job. He's been out of work, finally got one on the hook, and they're wanting to know more about how he could justify not getting the vaccine because he's Catholic after all, and uh, and they, they, they're not buying it. So a lot of families have been severely impacted by all of this, and there's been confusing messages out there about what we believe as Catholics in regards to vaccinations. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, this is this is this is quite the topic unto itself. Um, and so many things in the past three years have been turned upside down where you have organizations, uh, either public or private, coming at individuals saying, well, you have to prove to us that um, that 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 your that your religious beliefs are actually sincerely held. And that is in direct contradiction to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, specifically Title seven and the EEOC regulations that were adopted to support these things. And I counsel, I counsel a great many people that are looking for exemptions or need support in, in claiming their exemptions and say, and, and I let them know if they ask you for this, if they say, well, your, your claim is invalid unless you get a priest to sign this letter or, or to give you an attestation, um, they've broken the law. They violated your civil rights. Um, you know, if you can find similarly affected people, get together with a group, go consult with an attorney um, and, um, and, and, and force somebody actually to read the law. Hmm. That, that actually is the law of the land. There is a presumption of sincerity when someone claims a religious exemption. Yeah, it's going to have to go through the court system, which is never a fun thing. And you never know what kind of a judge you're going to get. It could be a long, painful process, and unfortunately, too many families are suffering through that. Uh, with only a few minutes left in our conversation, I wonder, what would be the legacy that you think Dr. Fauci will have? Some are touting him as being an American hero, and many others are quite the opposite. Uh, what What do you think it'll be? Um, uh, you know, un unfortunately, and, you know, and he's been in government service for a very, very long time. Uh, and, you know, and, and his credentials are inarguably solid, um, but he goes out under these circumstances. And I think his legacy history is going to um, I, I don't think history is going to be very kind to Dr. Fauci. And I think that's unfortunate. Um, uh, the way he's presenting himself at this point is, I mean, he's basically Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. He yeah. knows nothing. Yes, exactly. 
Yeah. And, uh, you, know, it's, it, you know, this is the highest paid federal employee in the country. Mm-hmm. Right. In charge of or, or, or one of the movers and shakers in public health, uh, there, there are you know, public health and national security are kind of the biggest jobs of the federal government. And we have somebody on top that says, well, I really wasn't part of it. I really didn't know. Um, I, I, I may have, I, you know, I've, I may have met this guy that made very important you know, decisions that affected our society very deeply. Um, but, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I get 2,000 emails a day and I talk to thousands of people. Well, that's good work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. At $250,000 a year of taxpayer dollars, too. Well, I mean, he makes well over $400,000 a year. He actually makes more than the president. Whew. Oh, could you imagine? Wow. <laughs> and I do not recall. Boy, how, how does one apply yeah. for this gig? I mean, I miss my well, calling in life. And, and, and interestingly enough, his net worth has, um, has exploded over the last of few years. Of course it, it has, yeah. <laughs> into, into, you know, in 2019, the, you know, his, his financial disclosures, he had a net worth of, um, you know, somewhere in the area of $4 million. It's now about $14 million just a few years later. So wow. wherever he's getting his investment advice, I want to talk to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Step one, uh, become a public servant, uh, you know, non-elected bureaucrat. Step two, rake in the cash. It's that yeah. easy. Two easy steps. All right. Uh, Dr. Jose Tresanka's Children of God for Life, COGforlife.org. God bless you. God love you, sir. We appreciate your input. God bless everyone. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. All right. Go to COGforlife.org for some great information that might help you and your family wade through all of this nonsense. But nonetheless, coming up after the break, if you are able to join us, we're going to dive into the Sunday Gospel and the Game Show and so much more. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Hang out with us at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Catholic Radio was there for me when I needed it. Even though I didn't think I needed it, it was there for me. I want everybody to know that I'm giving, not so that I can sit there and say that I gave to GRN for any other reason but this. I want that radio station to be there for anyone else who needs it also. They may not think they need it, but it's going to be there for them, whether it's in the future, whether it's right now. I want that radio station to always be there for them, just like it was there for me. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. 
Hey, Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, you are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi there, Chris Thornhill here from St. Rose of Lima, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Coming up at 15 past the hour, we're going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. Prizes are at stake. Some would say, your family's legacy, your family's heritage, the heirloom may be at stake. <laughs> so you got you to gotta call at 15 past the hour. When I give you the phone number, that's your chance to be a contestant to play our game. And uh, your chances of winning are fantastic. We're going to tell you all about it at 15 past. You got to have the phone number ready, though. And I'll give that to you. First caller gets to play the game. Praise be to God. Uh, so uh, stick around for that. Of course, the second half of this hour is always going to be the after show, where we hang out with you and chat very casually with you about... Whatever it is you want, okay, that's not true. Uh, we talk about movies, we talk about food, cars. Uh, Hernan Cortez comes up frequently these days. Uh, besides that, you are welcome to suggest topics in the comments of the live video feeds on YouTube, Twitter, I mean, we'll, Rumble, we'll Odyssey. We'll consider it, I suppose. We'll consider it. We'll consider it. Uh, but uh, it always seems to devolve into food and movies most of the time, so, and cars on occasion. But nonetheless, it is great conversation, and we do love hanging out with you, especially our CDT Insider group. Always a great conversation going on over there. Good morning to you, Peter, and T-Storm, and Mike K, and Damon. Good morning to you, Clarissa. Clarissa won again, by the way. <laughs> Clarissa is a winner. Yesterday, Clarissa put down uh, some five random numbers. I'm actually, I meant to go yesterday, <laughs> but uh, I, I think you can't purchase these things with a Whew. debit card, so you have to have cash. She I never is carry cash. A winner. If you can hang out with Clarissa and you're in the San Antonio area, congratulations. Take Clarissa and mm-hmm. Daniel, her husband mm-hmm. and her kid. Mm-hmm. You got to take them to Vegas or something. Mm-hmm. Are there uh, casinos Should, around here in Texas? I, I haven't seen one. But Catholics go to Vegas. I don't, I don't, not Vegas. I don't, maybe yeah, not. Maybe not. But mm-hmm. maybe a, a casino of some sort around here. No. 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 Just just play Powerball, dude. Just okay. go to your local convenience stop and shop, Circle K. I suppose. Stop and go. When I was a kid, I think it was stop you and just go. Just give me your money instead. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of instead of uh, just. Flush your money yeah. down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Just, no. Just give me the money. You're not going to flush it down yeah. when you have Clarissa's number. But congratulations, Rawr. Clarissa, on winning that copy of Raymond DeRorio's book, The Wise Men Who Found Christmas, that's headed your way, thanks to Sophie Institute Press, which, by the way, told me that not only could we give away Raymond's book, but I'm also able to give away a copy of that Holy Mass Lego book that we talked to uh, 
our friend Kevin about. So I'll be doing that this week in the email. So if you would like a chance to win that Lego book on the Holy Mass, our friend Kevin O'Neill was on last week to talk about that. Then you need to be on the email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Look for the CDT Insider email link and get signed up today for your chance to win a brand new copy of the Holy Mass Lego version, which is an amazing book by our friend Kevin O'Neill and his wife and his family. So that'll be in the email on Friday. So do do uh, sign up while you can. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard this. You guys are all trad guys. Okay. Are we? Yeah. So you know what the trend is this year for Christmas? What is it? What trad wives are getting their trad husbands. Okay, what is it? Okay, I shared this with my wife last night. I'm like, listen, all of the trad wives are buying their husbands Midnight blue Ford F one fifty Raptors with the red bow. It's gonna be in the it's gonna be in the driveway Christmas morning, and they're gonna blindfold their husbands. They're gonna come out with That's their smoking trad. jackets and their pipes, and they're gonna walk outside and see and reveal. I feel like Joe's making things up. That is, reveal. It's a trend. That's it's not a trad, trend. Man. It's that a is total. Trad. It's a total trend. Just you know what really it. is don't, traditional? Don't fact check it. My Stop wife's typing. getting me a horse and a buggy. Just go with it. One of them hard body uh, pickup trucks. Like, uh, hard, that's what a F-150 Raptor is. Guys, yeah, I'm one telling of them you new ones. My wife is getting me a, uh-huh. a horse and a buggy. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing your wife, it's probably not going to be all that great. I'm going to be honest. It's going to be great. Speaking of trends. Speaking of trends, guess what's uh, number 10 trending right now as Christmas gifts? Uh, number 10, that's going to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a Fitbit. Uh, no, the Nelsie Sun Sunset Lamp for twenty bucks. Oh, I have a one of those. Sunset Lamp? Yeah, like who, I'm just kidding, who's whose trend is, is it? What is no, that? Number nine is a food dehydrator for one hundred and thirty. Mm, now yeah. I can see that. That makes sense to me. I can make my my deer jerky Why in there. That would make sense. This? Coming in at number eight is the Philips Sonicare one battery toothbrush. I do like to brush my teeth. This is, uh, this is good. Once a week at least. Uh, that would be all right. Number seven. Barabi Cotton Naper. I don't know what that is. Neither but it do sounds I. Good. It kind of looks like a folded thick blanket. I, weighted blanket. So I could see that. That's, I like But that's blankets. expensive. That's like almost 280 what? bucks. What? $200 for, that for a blanket? No thanks. Coming, in, coming in at number six would be the fellow Stag EKG Electric Kettle. Almost $200. That's ugly. Does it also give you an EKG of your heart? I hope so. <laughs> While no, you make a cup of tea or what? Number five for 80 bucks is the Timbuktu Classic Messenger Bag. Got to have one of those. Give me a break. That's not real. If Nobody that wants that. If that came in blue, that would yeah, match none, my Raptor. None of these are very good. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants any of this Number stuff. four is the Apple AirPods Max Wireless over-ear headphones, almost 500 bucks. I could see if someone said headphones, that would make sense. But mm-hmm. specifically, the AirPods mm-hmm. headphones, no way. That's like $500. <laughs> It's like when you go into the store and they're like, my uh-huh. friend. Oh, now this one's for you. This. this one's definitely for you, Adrian. Oh, yeah? Number three, the uh, the Mikoloi two-pack water-activated eyeliner palette for $10. What does that mean, water-activated eyeliner? It's like water <laughs> so colors have for to cry in order for it to, uh, to activate or something? <laughs> oh, now, oh, this, that's a good point. this one's nice. The Razer Ornata Chroma Gaming Keyboard. This is for you, Rudy, because oh, you're a gamer. Original thanks, price is man. 100 but you can get it for 50 if you hey, act right now. I have one right here. I got it. Nice. Check it out. And then, uh, okay, coming in. He literally in, has it right there. <laughs> literally, he's got one. Coming in at number one uh, this Christmas, uh, trending here, the Lettuce Grow Farm Stand hydro- Hydroponic Wait, the Growing System or for 
550 bucks. Ain't nobody buying that. It's only four feet, 10 inches tall and could fit in your living room. Praise be to God. This is fake news. I, so. I would never buy anything like that for $500. You could break into hydroponics <laughs> at like $50. No uh, problem. Uh, so do me a favor and do spread the news that it's Ford F-150 Raptors that are trending this year. Midnight Blue. Yeah, in Midnight if Blue. you can, get me a, uh, a tie and a rosary <laughs> instead. All right, let's look at the uh, Sunday Gospel. Hector Molina was not able to join us today, but we thought we'd dive in anyway. Uh, this Sunday, you're going to be confronted with Matthew 1, 18 through 24. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about, when his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. The Gospel of the Lord. Adrian, anything from Cornelius Alapide? He, yes. he doesn't have much to say. No, though. he didn't really no. didn't say much at all. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I looked up what Cornelius Alapide had to say about this, and it was 12,000 words. And so I condensed it down to <laughs> only, tweet length. To only three it. pages. Uh, <laughs> so it's quite a bit. So say, he starts off by saying, why on earth does St. Matthew unfold the genealogy of Joseph mm-hmm. rather than Mary if Christ was born of Mary alone being a virgin? She said, he says, I answer first because among the Jews and the other nations, genealogies are customarily reckoned through the fathers and husbands, not through the mothers and wives. And second, because Joseph was the true and lawful father of Christ. For if by common right sons succeed to their father's inheritance when they are only accounted their sons by common repute, how much more was Christ Joseph's his father's heir, since he was a son of his wife by the power and gift of the Holy Ghost. He had therefore a right to the kingdom of Israel after Joseph's death, which is an interesting point because I never really thought much about the fact that Joseph's death has a direct correlation to the kingdom of Christ. Because if Joseph was still alive, he would not be the heir to the throne yet because Joseph would be. And so Joseph dies, then he begins his public ministry. This shows the that he was of the line of St. Joseph through uh, becoming a son of David that man, in that manner. He points out St. Luke by the words, And the Lord God will give unto him the throne of his father David. So in Genesis 49.10, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, that is Christ, who is to restore to Judah the scepter inquisitously taken away by Herod, yea, who was to raise their kingdom to a far higher grandeur by making it a spiritual instead of corporeal, corporeal, heavenly instead of earthly, and instead of temporally, eternally. Observe the expression, Joseph, the husband of Mary. The Arabic has the spouse of Mary. From this, we may gather that St. Joseph had all the rights of a real husband with regard to the virgin and consequently is rightly and truly called the father of Christ. So if you hear on a sermon someone saying that he they were uh, an unwed mother, this is not true. This is not accurate. They were, in fact, married. 
He says, first, Christ was maybe said to be the fruit of the marriage of Joseph and Mary because he was born in wedlock, though not of wedlock, because he was born in the context of a marriage, of a real and true marriage, but not of wedlock because he was born of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Ghost. Mm. For as much as a man and his wife are made by one marriage, as it were, but one person in the eye of the law, therefore, they have everything in common. Therefore, you can say it was Joseph and Our Lady's son. Christ, then, who was a son of the virgin mother of God, who was also the son of Joseph, who was her husband, and therefore the partner of all her honor and blessings. Now, this is very important. Cornelius Lapide, which I was, I read this, and I've read this many times already in the past, and I always think everybody talks about the devotion of St. Joseph. They're like, oh, the new devotion of St. Joseph. No one's ever had devotion of St. Joseph before. But meanwhile, Cornelius Lapide literally spends like 10 pages talking about how great St. Joseph is. And one of the key things that he says here is he says, St. Joseph, who was her husband. And that's one of his greatest honors mm-hmm. to be referred to as the husband of the Blessed Virgin Mary. He goes on and says, Joseph was more truly the father of Christ than one who adopts a son is the father of that son. He is only a father by adoption, but Joseph was father of Christ by marriage. Hence, it follows that Joseph had a father's authority over Christ and therefore the utmost solicitude and affection for him. And Christ in return cherished, loved, and honored Joseph as a father and was obedient to him. As is plain from Luke 2.51, this subjugation, as Gerson says, marks at once the unspeakable humility of Christ and the incomparable dignity of Joseph and Mary. Think about that for a second, how the incomparable dignity of Joseph and Mary, that the Son of God, that God himself, the eternal Logos, was subject to two human beings. That is incredible to think about. Amen to that. Praise be to God. He says, In it were the three most exalted and excellent persons of the whole world. First, Christ, both God and man. Secondly, the Virgin Mother of God, most closely united to Christ. And thirdly, Joseph, the Father of Christ, by marriage. And so he goes on and on talking about how great St. Joseph is. And I'm thinking, well, Father Calloway, you got your uh, work cut out for you over here. (laughs) He goes on, the common herd of men, yea, many of this world's wise ones, think of St. Joseph only as a poor and despised carpenter. But the more despised and unknown he was upon earth, so much the greater is his glory in heaven. Wherefore, Gregory the 15th had lately decreed that his festival should be celebrated as a double, which we don't do double feast days anymore, but think, think solemnity by the whole church on the 19th of March. And this is a well-deserved honor for consider for from what I'm about to subjoin. How great were his prerogatives, his office, and his dignity above all other men. And I cut this part out because it was just so much, but I got to mention just for a second. He mentions, he's like, think about John the Baptist. Think about all the apostles. Think about all these people who are around, all these great men, Samson, David, Solomon. Joseph has a greater dignity than all of them. Amen. Joseph was also the husband of the Blessed Virgin, and that is the biggest thing. So think about that today. Meditate on Our Lady and think about that when you're at Mass. Think about how great St. Joseph is as the father of the Son of God. Yeah, Someone who might say thought he was not up for being the 
husband of the Gibby Ra and the foster father of the word incarnate. So in humility, he tried to back out, but the Lord like had to smack him upside the head. Hey, stop it. You're the guy. Stop. No, you're the guy. Get back here. Get back here. St. Joseph, pray for us. Hey, coming up after the break, we're going to play the game Fear and Trembling, and you could win prizes. It's possible. All you got to do is call 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. You're going to... You're going to learn some things, I promise you. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Fear and Trembling is up next. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false God does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false God when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true Queen of Heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody. But you do have to call if you want to play the game. You got to be on the line. That's the trick. That's the one caveat to the whole thing is you have to make that phone call at 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open. If you've never played, this is your chance at 877 757 9424. There are some things we like to do on the down low, the QT. We like to keep it between us, 
right? Number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you do you probably didn't know before. Praise be to God. Learning is always a good thing. We like to laugh. We like to have a chuckle. And our callers are amazing. They laugh with us. We appreciate that most, I would argue. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means we are absolutely manipulated. I mean, we are incentivizing you to participate because you could either learn, laugh, or win. It's that, it's that uh, easy. But the kicker is, the secret sauce is, we do not ask the callers I mean, they have to call 877-757-9424. But when they do, they don't need to know the answers. They could not know a single correct answer, but could still win our game because instead of asking them, I shall ask Rudy and I shall ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. And then the caller will only have 15 seconds at that point to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more? And I can tell you, with the with the track record of tie wearing on this show, I don't know who you could trust at this point. But nonetheless, <laughs> someone's going to win, and we're going to put those right answers into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is our good friend, Damon, who listens to us every single day. He's there all the time. Damon, I just want to say thank you so much for your patronage. But he is uh, offered to us to give away this week this amazing, gorgeous rosary. If you're watching us on uh, our live feeds, you could see it. I'm holding it up. Wow. It's made out of hematite, uh, two different types. It's got a very, very lovely feel in the hand. And I don't say this very much about anything, but mm-hmm. this because, well, I should I should elaborate a little bit. I, I don't say this very much about anything these days because of the quality and the time that goes into the things that are made these days. It's not it's not there. It's lacking. Yeah. But this happens to be an heirloom quality mm-hmm. rosary. Mm-hmm. And whoever wins it this week, please offer a couple of rosaries for Damon and his family's holy intentions. Thank you again, mm-hmm. David. Wow. Praise be to God. Thank you so much, Damon, for that generous gift. It also comes in this very nice case. Yeah. How wonderful. Someone's going to get that on Friday. We're going to pull yeah. a name. It's possible. Let's go to the phones. Irene, good morning to you. Good morning. Hello. Good morning, Irene. Uh, where are you calling from? San Antonio. The great city of San Antonio. Now, Irene, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, the San Antonio does have other reasons for for being amazing and famous, besides the fact that I went to high school there. <laughs> you, are you aware of that, Irene? I'm not sure if you... I mean, it's got yeah. the big boots at North Star Mall. That's one good thing. Yeah. It's got the big old tower thing downtown, the needle, which always scares yeah. me. Every time I go up that thing, I think I'm going to die. And the other day, I went to Judson High School, <laughs> yeah. and there was a mm-hmm. sign that said, mm-hmm. Joe McClain, mm-hmm. please stop calling us. <laughs> There's also that other place that doesn't have a, a, a um, you know, basement in it or something. Uh, the Alamo? Oh, yeah, oh, that, that thing. Also yeah, is, that thing. But it's, it's, the, it's the plaque in Converse for the 10th grade history student of the year with my name on it that I think makes it the most famous. Hmm. Oh, uh, my. Irene, <laughs> uh, where do you go to church? Uh, Blessed Sacrament. Blessed Sacrament. Well, praise be to God, Irene. Now, are you familiar with the show? Do you know how the, the game works, Irene? Uh, I think I have to choose a right answer. That's Well, you had to choose one of these two guys, and one of them is going to give you a right one. The other one is going to give you a wrong one. Now, Irene, are, are you driving at the moment? Yes. Both hands on the wheel? You're not Googling, are you? We don't want you Googling the yeah. answer while you're trying to drive. <laughs> no phoning a friend? Okay. All right, Irene, are you ready? Yes. Let's do this thing. Praise be to God. Bow tie today, huh, Rudy? Bow tie. What does that actually say about your trustfulness? Irene, Trust, I just want to point out that mm-hmm. Joe what? is Sorry, wearing a tie today. What, what do you mean? Joe 
is wearing. What is that even? I have no idea what you're talking. That about. hasn't happened. No. I think in the Sorry. year that I've been here, don't two listen, times. Irene. Don't Joe told me. Don't, don't trust. He them. only wears a tie Irene. for God. So I'm, obviously, I'm this is for God. You can only trust me, Irene. <laughs> Just me. Let's, are you ready, Rudy? I am ready. Shenanigans okay. aside, trying to spread false news, fake news. Uh, Rudy, can you tell me who was the mother of all the living? Her name means living in Hebrew. You know, one of the fascinating things about God is he can take our mistakes and bring something out of it. Okay. Just like he did with Eve. Really? Yep. You're saying Eve? Eve. Is the answer? That's The right. mother of all the living? The mother of all the living. Fantastic. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, I know that you have expertise in motherhood. I have uh, seen your tweet <laughs> tweet profile this there. True. You have advanced degrees in motherologies. I know everything about yeah. women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, mothering in particular. I, but... I wrote a book on women, actually. Uh, could you tell me who was the mother of all the living? Ah, yes. Yeah. The mother of all the living. All Her the name meaning living mm-hmm. in Hebrew. Yes. Is actually... Grogada. I'm sorry, what? Grogada. Grogata? Grogada. Grog. I have to say it like you. Grogada? Exactly. I got it. Okay. Well, Irene, you got options. Uh, n- not maybe maybe good ones, but you got options. Is it Grogata? Grogada? With the D. Grogada? There you go. As, uh, as Adrian wants us to believe. Or is it Eve? As Rudy suggested. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Irene, in San Antonio, what say you? Just got to. I mean, of course, Doug. Who's Grogada? I just looked up the ugliest female names in Google, and that was and, one of them. And that was in the yeah. world. Grogada. Yeah. It said, "Do not." It, it said, "It sounds like a green witch or a green toad." Yeah, please don't name your son, the, your daughter, don't. this. Yeah, please don't. Please don't. Eve was correct, though. Eve, mother of the living. Eve is the correct answer. You're in the cup, Irene. You could win. It's possible. Okay. Praise be to God. But let's see if we can't. Double your chances with this next one. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian. What is a sacred chant or hymn of praise in hectic form directed to God? Ah, yes. That would be iatic pedameter. I'm sorry, what? Iatic pedameter. (laughs) Is it iatic pedameter? What's that what you said? Yes. Iatic pedameter. Exactly. I attic pedameter. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Rudy, let's try you. Uh, maybe you could tell us what is a sacred chant or hymn of praise in poetic form directed to God? That is known as an I canticle. Also made by Apple. Just kidding. It's just canticle. Oh, drop the I? Yep. I see. It's I canticle divided by I equals what? canticle. That's I'm right. I'm confused now. <laughs> well, I attic See, is the attic that's made by Apple. I don't just do Apple. history. Well, I also do algebra. I canticle anyway. <laughs> canticle. It's not an app. It's canticle. Canticle. Got it. All right. Well, Irene, you got options here. This is a tricky question for sure. What is a sacred chant or hymn of praise in poetic form directed to God? Is it a canticle, as Rudy says, or I, what did you say? I attic pedameter? Exactly. I attic pedameter, as Adrian is wanting us to believe. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Irene, what say you? I think Rudy was trying to say iambic pentameter. No, that was that's Adrian. Not it. That was that was oh, Adrian. Adrian. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's definitely 
early cash call. Definitely. Wow. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Irene, I mean, whew, wow, definitely. She Very didn't confident. Say I was right. She didn't say you're right. That's true. Yeah, well, because mm. she's smart. You're wearing the bow tie. <laughs> uh, could, could you not understand her caution and all I'm of channeling that? No, I was, Orville I was, Redenbacker. Uh, I was avoiding <laughs> saying I am big. Yeah, speaking of which, uh, Shakespeare. <laughs> bow ties do go well with uh, Midnight Blue Ford F-150 Raptors, Irene. I don't know if you're you know, buying somebody a Raptor this year, but it's the trend. It is definitely the trend among I think among Chaucer the is the first one to use yeah. iambic pentameter. Iambic? You said I am iatic. It's yeah, but iambic? Yeah, that's not a real thing, though. I guess not. All right, let's iambic go to this next question Shakespeare. before we run out of time. Third question, back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, what is the traditional name of the promoter of the faith, whose duty is to raise objections and disapprovals. That is an office that's no longer around. The Grand Inquisitor. The Grand Inquisitor. He would do all of those things. He would promote the faith. It was his duty mm. to raise objections I and see. disapprovals. Okay, okay. Occasionally drag him to the, the firewood, you know. Oh, really? Wow. Very nice. Interesting. Uh, let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, could you tell me what is the traditional name for the promoter of the faith whose duty it is to raise objections and disapprovals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be called a devil's advocate. Oh. He's advocating. I see. Um, for the okay. negative position. Okay. Just to make sure? That, that would be the idea Just there? in case. Just, Just to, in case. To, to make sure that we've crossed all of our T's and dotted all of our I's. All right, Irene, is it the devil's advocate, as Adrian says, or the grand inquisitor, as Rudy would like you to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Irene, in traffic in San Antonio, what say you? I'm going to guess devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Irene! You are amazing. You never actually said the uh, forbidden words of Adrian is correct, and still you got it right. Woo! Scared of you, Irene. Don't play poker with Irene. She knows what she's doing. She's in for three. You could win. Uh, You have to tune in Friday to see if it's God's holy will that your name be drawn out. But thanks for being fun with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. God love you, Irene. I'm going to put you on hold. Probably on our way to see that uh, plaque in Converse, the 10th grade history student. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt's community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Lucy, Virgin and Martyr. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Please join in singing our opening song, Lift High the Cross. Live.
the cross the love of Christ proclaim till all the world adore his sacred name come brethren follow where our captain trod our king victorious christ the son of god lift high the cross the love of christ proclaim till all the world adore his sacred name in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all and with your spirit brothers and sisters let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. May the glorious intercession of the Virgin and Martyr Saint Lucy give us new heart, we pray, O Lord, so that we may celebrate her heavenly birthday in this present age and so behold things eternal. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Thus says the Lord, Woe to the city, rebellious and polluted, to the tyrannical city. She hears no voice, accepts no correction. In the Lord she has not trusted, to her God she has not drawn closer. For then I will change and purify the lips of the peoples, that they may all call upon the name of the Lord, to serve him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, and as far as the recesses of the north, they shall bring me offerings. On that day, you need not be ashamed of all your deeds, your rebellious actions against me. 
for then will I remove from your midst the proud braggarts, and you shall no longer exalt yourself on my holy mountain. But I will leave as a remnant in your midst a people humble and lowly, who shall take refuge in the name of the Lord, the remnant of Israel. They shall do no wrong and speak no lies, nor shall there be found in their mouths a deceitful tongue. They shall pasture and couch their flocks with none to disturb them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly shall hear me and be glad. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy, and your faces may not blush with shame. When the poor one called out, the Lord heard, and from all his distress he saved them. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them, and from all their distress he rescues them. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and those who are crushed in spirit he saves. The Lord redeems the lives of his servants. No one incurs guilt who takes refuge in him. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Come, O Lord, do not delay. Forgive the sins of your people. Alleluia, Alleluia. Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son said in reply, I will not. But afterwards he changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. 
Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today's first reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah describes a situation in the late 7th century Israel in Jerusalem whereby the prophet is talking about how the people are growing proud and insolent in their attitude toward God and they're turning toward idolatry and profanation and placing their trust in other places than God. And Zephaniah gives a rather stern warning of the disaster which looms if the nation doesn't repent and turn back to God with all their heart. And yet he forecasts that there will still be a humble remnant which will remain even after the doom of Jerusalem. And that humble remnant, of course, is going to be represented in a very special way by the Blessed Virgin Mary here as we come to Christmas. In today's Gospel, we hear of two sons who are given a command from their father to go out and work in the vineyard. The first son, we can imagine, is probably a little bit petulant when he hears the request and he thinks to himself, you know, I had plans, I had my day organized, and I had a bunch of things that I wanted to do. And so he immediately says no out of his petulancy, but then he later reconsiders and in fact he goes and he does his father's work and will in the vineyard. The second son, on the other hand, gives a very emphatic reply, yes, I'm ready to go, happy to go, but we discover in the end he doesn't go. Perhaps he meant it but was distracted, or perhaps he didn't even mean his yes to begin with and it was just a temporary reprieve to get his father off of his back. Nonetheless, the situation presents to us a question is the height of our human freedom exercised in our capacity to say yes to God, yes to his will, and yes to his plans? Or is it seen in our ability to say yes to ourselves and yes to our own plans? This really is a fundamental question. Is my freedom to be oriented toward my own desires and my own plans, or is it to be oriented toward God's plans and God's will? I suppose if human freedom was meant to be absolute and we could do absolutely whatever we wanted to, then the answer would be, it's to ourselves. However, given the fact we did not create ourselves, we did not make ourselves, but God is the one who created us and placed a specific purpose in our life from which we will find our happiness and fulfillment in life, namely in communion with him, then it only makes sense that the height of human freedom is exercised when we say yes to God and yes to his plans over and above any of our own considerations. Today's gospel presents two sons, but I suppose we could also imagine there is also a third potential attitude and response which is out there, and that, of course, was the response of someone like the Blessed Virgin Mary, who in her humility, who in her recognition of her total dependence upon God, she not only immediately says yes to the plan of God, but she's also immediately ready to direct her will to accomplish the will of the Father and God's will in her life. If we look at all those attitudes, it surely would be the attitude of Mary who is meek and humble of heart 
It's the attitude of Mary who recognizes that God's plans are always the best plans. And it's the attitude of Mary to say, I trust that whatever God asks of me, he will bring to fruition and it will be for the best. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the courage and openness to always say yes to his plans and our willingness to then go forth and carry out his will in our daily lives. Amen. As we await with longing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters, let us with renewed devotion beseech his mercy, that as he came into the world to bring the good news to the poor and heal the contrite of heart, so in our time also he may bring salvation to all in need. That Christ may visit his holy church and keep watch over her always, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That Christ may fill the Pope, our Bishop, and the whole order of bishops with spiritual gifts and graces, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That under the protection of Christ our times may be peaceful, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That Christ may banish disease, drive out hunger, and ward off every affliction, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That as witnesses to Christ's love before all, we may abide in the truth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association, and for all those who have asked for our prayers. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Almighty, ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people and grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please join in singing the summons. Will you come and follow me if I but call? your name will you go where you don't know and never be the same will you let my love be shown will you let my name be known Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you grown in you and you in me. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, 
for our good and the good of all his holy church. Be pleased, O Lord, with our humble prayers and offerings. And since we have no merits to plead our cause, come, we pray, to our rescue with the protection of your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation, that when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua, osana in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini, osana, in You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection. 
Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world, and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Preceptis salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, Audemus indicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniat regnum tuhum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, Da nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicud et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, quitolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, quitolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, quitolis peccata mundi, 
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me, save that thou art. Let us pray. Replenished by the food of spiritual nourishment, we humbly beseech you, O Lord, that through our partaking in this mystery, you may teach us to judge wisely the things of earth and hold firm to the things of heaven. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, born to set Thy people free from our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in Thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the earth Thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, 
cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. This is Gabriel from True Faith 